This message comes from NPR sponsor Bank of America. We're all shopping for essentials online these days. With the Bank of America Cash Rewards Credit Card, you can choose to earn 3% cash back on online shopping essentials. Visit bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding. Copyright 2020 Bank of America Corporation. Are rent prices leveling off? What's the best job after college? And is our labor market actually healthy? Listen to Planet Money's daily podcast, The Indicator, to find out. Happy Friday, everyone, from NPR Music and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. It is New Music Friday, and we're doing a quick run through the best albums out on November 16th. I am joined this week by NPR Music's Rodney Carmichael. Hey, what up, Robin? Lars Gottridge. Hey, Robin. And Stephen Thompson. It's good to be here. And we start this week off with Anderson Pack and his album, Oxnard. Yeah. See? You know, I hit it almost every time and then I miss one. How we gon' get ourselves about it, this one? Hard to get up from this, like Sunny Listen. Feel like a Zayn Lambie with the Pistons. Bad boys with no Will Smithing. Only real fiction. Got to the folk in a row to split decision. I could even split everything, my own decisions. That would take a little more time and more wisdom. That would take a little more grind and more vision. What's the difference between the poor and the rich man? Standing in line, I have a wristbands. These are lessons you learn with no tuition. This is Anderson Pack, and his new album is Oxnard. The song we're hearing is the uh, opening cut called The Chase. And Ronnie, when this one started off, I thought this sounds like it's going to be a, a score from some black exploitation era film or something. Totally. It's like Anderson Pack at Superfly, right? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. You're for <laughs> it. A little bit of disco and funk and. Yeah, so, I mean, this is easily one of the most anticipated albums of the year. It's his first major release on the Aftermath label. It's produced by Dr. Dre, who introduced most of us to Anderson Pack a few years ago on his Compton album. And, you know, it kind of makes sense that Dre would package him in his own kind of black exploitation flick. I mean, because when you think about Anderson Pack, he's such a throwback in, in certain ways. He's like this virtuosic musician, you know, he kills on the drums. He has this real gift for lyricism that's just really rare, especially with contemporary R&B artists. But at the same time, it almost feels like contemporary R&B is almost too small a box Mm -hmm. for Anderson Pack. And some of the conventions on the album, I think it sound great, but in certain ways they end up feeling a little more formulaic than I was hoping from this album that I was really looking forward to. How much of that do you think is that the expectations are just so high going in? That's definitely a huge part of it. I mean, you know, if if you've been listening to Anderson Pack for the last few years, he's put out some incredible albums that really blew people away. 
it's almost impossible to meet the level of expectation. But it's still some great stuff on this album. About halfway through, he gets political on on a song called Six Summers that kind of really looks at the crack epidemic. And he gets really personal on another song called Savior's Road. That's a, a street in Oxnard, California, which is where he's from and which the album is named after. And, there, you know, it, there's some great moments there. The, the album starts to really open up and feel as eclectic as Anderson Pack is. Anderson Pack is the artist. The album is Oxnard. Let's go to uh, Chris Cornell. The March of Posthumous Releases yeah. <laughs> continues with this new retrospective of Chris Cornell's work. It's self-titled. Um, and it includes a bunch of previously unreleased live recordings and cover songs including this one. This is Chris Cornell, uh, and obviously the song's A Day in the Life, a cover of the Beatles song, A Day in the Life. And this was recorded live at the Royal Albert Hall in May of 2016. Uh, and Chris Cornell died almost a year to the month uh, after this performance. It's it it like, yeah, May 2017, I think, is when he passed away. But um, Stephen, remind us who Chris Cornell is and, uh, and then what we're getting on this. Chris Cornell, obviously, he was the lead singer of Soundgarden. He was also the singer in Audio Slave. He put out solo records. He was a guest vocalist on that Temple of the Dog record in the early 90s that helped usher in Seattle grunge music. He was a massive and major player in rock music for 30 years. Sadly, he died by suicide last year. His family and collaborators put together this compilation, which actually exists in several forms. Uh, there's a 17-track album, and then there's a box set, 64 songs, that has about a dozen unreleased recordings, some of them you know, gathered from live performances, some gathered from his personal archives. Given that this collection is sampling across multiple bands and across several decades, it's a big sweep. Uh, you realize when you listen to this collection just how much major work Chris Cornell did in, in rock music for so, so long. I think the deluxe version is actually the way to go with this yeah. one because it's all those live recordings are the real treasures here. He does so many cover songs. It's not just the A Day in the Life. He does uh, the Nothing Compares to You, which mm -hmm. came out. Whole Lot of Love. Mm -hmm. Even does a version of Ave Maria. Well, it's hard to sum up Chris Cornell's career on one album. This this thing sure tries. And that's Chris Cornell uh, is the singer and the self-titled album that is out and out uh, is a career retrospective uh, across all the different bands that he was in. Uh, okay, next up, Lars, let's try to just contain yourself with this next one. This is Mariah Carey and her new album, Caution.
Mariah Carey, her new album is Caution, and you talk about a a legendary artist who's been putting out music for almost 30 years now. I don't know what her most dominant period was, maybe mid mid to late 90s, pre-glitter, but how does she sound, Lars, on this, her 15th album? Mariah Carey, a.k.a. My Queen, a.k.a. Mimi, a.k.a. The Elusive Chanteuse, the imperfect imperfect angel, she who bathes in milk, she who conducts interviews in her lingerie. I've loved Mariah Carey ever since I was a preteen and fell in love with her during the always be my baby video i think that was a uh, pivotal moment for a lot of young men uh in the 90s that video in particular but this record she has scaled back as much as you can scale back mariah carey and she's found a consistent tone a consistent tempo and she's just done all these really fun bops and instead of working with the same producers that she's worked with, like Jermaine Dupree and folks like that, she's gone a lot younger. She worked with 1985 of uh, Division, DJ Mustard, Skrillex, provides like some really interesting beats for a track. But the thing that I love about this record is that she's having fun again. I was really taken aback listening to this record by how restrained the vocals were. That she's going for this kind of icy, cool quality mm-hmm. that, that I, as somebody who had checked out of her albums, wasn't necessarily expecting. I tend to think of her as one of the Mount Rushmore of singers who inspired the vocal style you would hear on American Idol. Oh yeah, I think this is one of her better records in the last two decades, but kind of fits in really nicely with um, Butterfly from 1997 when she really hit her spot and figure out where she wanted to land between pop, R&B, and hip-hop. The album is Caution from Mariah Carey. Uh, and what goes better with Mariah Carey than Glenn Campbell? Exactly. I was just I was just going to say, I didn't, didn't want to jump the gun and start talking about Glenn Campbell Maybe, during the Mariah Carey segment. I know. A little obvious, perhaps. But Glenn Campbell, the new album from Glenn Campbell is Glenn Campbell Sings for the King. Am I taking two bars, you're taking two bars, and then is where you're starting to sing? How's my old friend, Mr. Misery? Been with us long, I bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. I got no bed to rest my head, doors or walls or window panes. All I needed was a bed. If it 
All I needed was the ring from Glenn Campbell Sings for the King, a collection of recordings made between 1964 and 1968. The label Capitol Records is calling this a lost album. But Stephen, what is this exactly? This is such an interesting historical artifact. You had this songwriting team of uh, Ben Weissman and Sid Wayne who wrote a ton of songs for Elvis Presley. They were very strategic about pitching songs to him. And so a bunch of the songs that they wrote to be pitched to Elvis, they would have Glenn Campbell come in and perform them. And they would do full arrangements and kind of have him perform a little bit in Elvis's style so Elvis could hear how it would sound sung in his, his own voice. And so they got a singer that Elvis really admired. And that was how these songs were presented to him basically as demos. But if you now take those recordings and reconsider them, it sounds kind of like a Glenn Campbell record from Glenn Campbell's mid to late 60s pop heyday. And man, Glenn Campbell, newsflash, could really sing. He had an amazing, he, he amazing, amazing had, voice. Uh, they had this, the same sort of range, mm-hmm. and he could sound an awful lot like Elvis. And Glenn Campbell, he was a, a really sought-after studio musician, too, particularly as a guitarist. And he, he played on hundreds of recordings. Yeah, he was part of the Wrecking Crew, uh, which was this group of studio musicians in L.A. They actually performed on the Viva Las Vegas soundtrack, so you can actually hear a recording in which Glenn Campbell plays on an El- on Elvis songs. So, you know, they ran in some of the same circles, so it was only natural to have him help sell these songs to Elvis. And that's Glenn Campbell Sings for the King, uh, a new album, a new collection of songs from 64 to 68 from Glenn Campbell. We still have a few more albums to talk about for this week's New Music Friday, but first let's take a short break and we'll be right back. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from ELS Studio 3D Premium Audio, offering studio quality sound for your road trips. It's a whole new dimension in sound. ELS Studio 3D, precision crafted audio performance exclusively from Acura. It's New Music Friday from All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with Rodney Carmichael, Lars Gottrich, and Stephen Thompson. We start the second half of the show off with LaCaylee 47 and her album, Acrylic. No unrest, get in, I'm what's next Incoming text from the vets No hate here, I'm blessed Mild-mannered, no stress I never let a broke hole get she vexed Too weak to walk with the rest Abstract, fearless Must say what's from my chest They got them try but them they're not test Take, boom, and I really care what my bump into All in your face like war Air Max, cornrows Got that Bruce Lee right down the glow Me uncle pop me in In the fitted door Said it only pop my head In for the door I never stay long Got places to go See me on a scene Bitch say hello I get that bag Then I want more I am the show The name will grow I see O and I see ho Let me R-E mind you bro They all wanna be Cause I am ghost Came from the dirt So I stay low F-A-B and so get to They copy and paste Such a no no Your birds might not Won't cross that road Cause Take Boom, and I really care what my bump into Bulldozer, make room Write that pun for me too Take, boom, and I really care what my bump into Bulldozer, make room Write that pun for me too Man, this is insane. This is LaCaylee 47. The album is Acrylic. The song we're hearing is called Tick Boom. Man, Rodney, 
I had to completely redo my top 10 list when you shared this one with me. <laughs> Yo, me too. And she's at the top of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's insane. I, I mean, I, I, I first heard of her, I think she was on the Insecure soundtrack, but she's yeah. mostly a new discovery for me. And yeah. this one, it just completely blew me away. Yeah. I'm, I'm claiming this right now as my favorite album of the year. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I wish it had come out earlier because I, fe I fear that it's going to miss a lot of lists because people are already putting them together. But she definitely deserves a listen. You know, I've been familiar with LaKaylee 47. You know, I knew her as the artist who always wears the ski mask. Right. right? She kind of came from the noise rap scene a little bit. And that's kind of where I first knew her. And yeah. So she's put out, you know, some 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 really interesting singles and some mixtapes. And then last year she had this really dope album called Wash and Set. But this feels kind of like, you know, a coronation uh, party for her. It's like, you know, this, this really big album. And there's so many colors on this record. I mean, she does everything from trap to R&B to house EDM. There's some jazz and some gospel and blues sprinkled in. I mean, she's touching all these different layers. And for a minute, I really had a hard time even trying to explain this album or understand this album for myself until I realized it's not really an album as much as it is a musical right yeah. and it's like she's embodying all of these characters and it's like the mask that she wears it gives her this anonymity that allows her to assume these different characters and it feels like a big black musical where she is taking us into her world and introducing us to all of these different shades and characters that color her life. Yeah, I, I, I had that feeling when I was listening to this record that I don't really know how to describe other than just say when it's that feeling you get when you're hearing something that is just not like anything else you've yeah. been hearing. It, it really knocked me out. The record is called Acrylic from uh, LaKaylee 47, and that's L-E-I-K-E-L-I -E -E 47, LaKaylee uh, 47. Let's go to this new compilation from Brain Feeder called Brain Feeder X. This is Georgia Ann Muldrow, one of the many artists featured on this new collection from Brain Feeder called Brain Feeder X. And Lars, what exactly is this? So Brain Feeder is a record label based out of L.A. that was founded by Flying Lotus 10 years ago. And they are celebrating with a massive box set that comes in two halves. So the first half will have kind of a, a best of the label 
And then the other half of the, the record is all either unreleased or completely brand new tracks or tracks that maybe existed online only and are now getting a physical release. So for instance, like Flying Lotus has a rap project called Woke and uh, they're getting a physical release of the track that he did with George Clinton. I thought that George Ann Muldrow is one of the more uh, sort of straight up songs on it even it's a little bent too but there's so many little oddities on this collection well and that's kind of been the incredible but spiraling through line of brain feeder for the last 10 years because it mostly existed to kind of document the la scene as it was happening about 10 years ago so they're mostly sent around flying lotus who comes from electronic music but also from free jazz, but also from hip hop, but also from every little bits and pieces. And as you say, all kind of had a bent to it. It was all just like a little weird. The music that Brain Feeder tends to put out is almost, it's descended from George Clinton's mothership. It's descended from Alice and John Coltrane's otherworldly jazz that isn't jazz. It's descended from Detroit techno that came out in the 80s. There is no one central place. It's just cosmos, cosmic music. It's just cosmic, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> that is such a dope description. Yeah, nice. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Just, <laughs> I like the idea of the mothership beaming these songs down to earth for us for us to discover. Brain Feeder X is the collection. We've got one more record that we want to play for this week's New Music Friday, but first there are a handful of other notable releases. Smashing Pumpkins has a new record out called Shiny and So Bright, Volume 1. No past, no future, no sun. That's all one title. <laughs> That's all one title. And Kate Bush. Kate Bush doesn't have any new music out, but all of her albums, all the albums that she uh, put out have been remastered or being put together in these massive box sets. Uh, the first box set is out now on November 16th uh, from Kate Bush. Uh, I've got two interesting reimaginings of previously existing work. One is Riley Walker. He has an album length cover of the Lily White Sessions, which is the unreleased Dave Matthews Band album from about 15 or 20 years ago. He recorded this album with Steve Lillywhite. It ended up getting scrapped. It circulated as a bootleg. Uh, Riley Walker covers it in its entirety, which I thought was an interesting idea. The other one is The Greatest Showman Reimagined. If you are a Greatest Showman person, and there are a lot of There you. are many. There many are many, many, many people who love the movie The Greatest Showman. Uh, if you know the Hamilton mixtape, that collection of kind of covers of the Hamilton cast album, this is kind of in the that spirit. It is songs from The Greatest Showman as performed by the likes of Pink and Panic in the Disco. This Is Me, which was the big Oscar-nominated uh, anthem as performed, appropriately enough, by Kesha and Missy Elliott. Wow. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, so The Greatest Showman reimagined. If you perked up at the sound of that, now you know it's out. If you're looking for something a little heavier, I might recommend two records for you. Uh, first is the record Heavy Yoke by Azusa. There's also the record called Let Pain Be Your Guide <laughs> by uh, Portrayal of Guilt. I love you, Lars. I know you do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's been a good year for kind of like really chaotic and hellish hardcore and this fits directly into that mold and on a completely different spectrum the Japanese pop singer and pianist Eiko Ishibashi has a new record out called The Dream My Bones Dream and Eiko's record is just beautiful and weird and it'll 
corkscrew into your brain in really strange and beautiful ways. All those records out now on uh, November 16th, along with our last record. Our final record for this week's New Music Friday comes from The Good, The Bad, The Queen. The album is called Maryland. Stephen, you mentioned The Greatest Showman. Uh, one thing about The Good, The Bad, The Queen, their music always sounds like it's from some demented circus. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you, That's you a thought great the way to put exact it. Yeah. same yeah. thing. You know, right? I've, I've worked with you, Robin, long enough that I, that I thought to myself, I bet he's going to say demented circus. <laughs> It does, you know, and maybe not as much on this record as their previous one, but so they put out a self-titled record in 2007, which I loved. It was on my top 10 that year, and and then that was it. Yeah, it felt like a one-off. To back up slightly, the singers Damon Albarn from Blur and Gorillaz, Paul Simonon from The Clash, uh, Simon Tong from The Verve, and Afrobeat pioneer and drummer Tony Allen. They made the first Good, the Bad, and the Queen record, and it was meant to be a snapshot of life in Britain in 2007, and a lot of commentary on the country at that time and its relation to world events. But basically, they wanted to reassess England in 2018. Obviously, Britain has been in even more... <laughs> turmoil with Brexit and again its relationship to complex world events. They have called it a reluctant goodbye letter (laughs) to uh, to the EU as UK prepares to leave the European Union. And yeah, it's just a lot of observations and reflections on what it means to be British. And, um, you know, on the cut, we play Truce of Twilight. They sing, enjoy it while it lasts, because soon it will be different. <laughs> and uh, it's it's that in-between time when it seems like, yeah, we're going to be okay. Everything's fine because th- they haven't completely uh, hit the eject button yet. Uh, but the album from The Good, The Bad, and The Queen is called Maryland. Thank you, gentlemen. Rodney. Hey, thanks a lot, Robin. Lars Gottridge. To quote Mariah Carey, how about you, excuse me, let me call your ballet. How about you take your things and be on your merry way? (laughs) (laughs) And Stephen Thompson. I got nothing. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. A reminder to tell your friends about the program and follow me on Twitter at N-P-R-O-B-I-N. To see a list of the albums we talked about, check out the podcast description for this episode. You can also go to npr.org slash all songs. You can hear full versions of the songs we featured from these records and a whole lot of other great releases in the new Music Friday playlist from NPR Music. Go to npr.org slash Spotify or open the Spotify app and search for NPR Music. And for NPR Music, I'm Robin Hilton. Be well, have a great weekend, and treat yourself to lots of great music.
This message comes from NPR sponsor McDonald's. McDonald's supports Ronald McDonald House Charities, who provide space for millions of families each year to spend quality time together when their child is in the hospital. McDonald's, serving here.